the New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. We're at episode 299. I'm Paul Spain. And I'm Sean Dring. Welcome along, Sean. Good evening. Now, there's a few tech stories we should chat about. To start with, sort of looking uh, looking close to home, late last week, the government announced some interesting and somewhat controversial plans around allowing students to learn online from home instead of going to school. All sorts of discussion on... Um, particularly sort of radio talkback and um, online around this. What's what's your take on what is, the government is calling cool communities <laughs> of online learning? Oh, and how much money they spent coming up with that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a natural progression of things, but I'm, uh, it was quite the, the timing is quite interesting. Um, I saw a, a, a video on YouTube with a guy called John Oliver, Oh yes, and uh, you know the the last. Yeah, week he can tonight. be rather entertaining. Yeah, he's great. He's, he's good. But um, actually, the the last one he did was on charter schools. Oh yes, in yeah, America, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, just shooting and them down as as just yeah. talking about yeah talking about them and some of the gotchas. But um, there was a whole section in relation to uh, online right uh, online uh, charter schools and uh, and it was all about the metrics of it. So, for instance, what and what is the measure that you use for enrolment, you know, do they sign on once a week or once every day or whatever, and how and how is that done? And there was no real controls around it, so I, I think there's a place for it, but it's it needs to be very very well thought out. And if it's not done, then it's going to be it's going to be detrimental to the kids, which is the most, you know, they're, they're the ones who miss out on the education and don't and don't uh, and don't learn anything yeah yeah mm. um i had a, a chat with one of the tv3 journalists who i bumped bumped into last week i got called into radio life to have a little bit of a, a discussion on a on a on a topic and we ended up having a, a discussion around this one um afterwards and you know in this in this case a particular journalist sort of seemed pretty unimpressed with the with the whole concept mm. And but sort of from my perspective, that you know the thing, the things were when I was younger, I did a bit of correspondence school mm-hmm. where family was travelling, and that worked really well for me. I mean, there were a couple, there were a couple of things. My brothers did it as well, but we found we were able to get through the learning in quite a short space of time. Yeah. Um, so there, there's something around sort of pace when you move into that sort of online context, and mm. you're not sitting in a classroom, maybe waiting for for other people. Now, I'm sure there were some subjects where I would have been the one holding up the class. Yeah. Yeah. But in the subjects where I, you know, I was, I was a little bit better, um, yeah, I might be able to get through the same thing, and and half the time I'll be able to drill in a little bit more when you get something that's sort of personalised into that that context that is, you know, that is just new. And I guess, you know, I'm not saying look that we we throw the whole school system hmm. out, but I, I think there is some, yeah, you know, there's some merit to uh, to these things. And I think about myself today. I'll pay money to do online courses oh, and yeah. online learning. Uh, and it's really good. And there are opportunities, for instance, to learn, you know, from the best of the best. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I agree. I agree that it's um, it's it's for some people it's going to be fantastic. But the the flip side of that is also when you studied those, did you have a particular place at home where you could 
go and study. Did, you know, you didn't have the distractions of the Facebooks and the, you know, and the Instagrams and all the other kind of social media stuff that's also going on within the realms of your online life, you know. So the distractions that are available and the discipline that's needed to actually work there is quite hard and, you know, it takes a lot of thought from the family and a lot of guidance to get the, the you know, the family environment set up for that because otherwise – Again, you know, they could be logging on, but they're not really learning anything because they're, you know, dipping in and out of it all the time while they're checking their Facebook, you know? Yeah, I mean, for the younger kids, you're looking at sort of primary school kids and so on, they're, they're probably not on Facebook, but I'm mm. sure they've got other things they would like to do. So I think there, there are going to be a bunch of things that need to line up in terms of there being, a, you know, a parent available to oversee. You know, I'd be thinking around this in, in certain sort of contexts, not mm. as a, hey, we're ready to throw out the uh, the entire school system tomorrow no, no. and, uh uh, you know, get get rid of all the teachers, but there'll be scenarios where, uh, in fact, I was I was talking to somebody today about the um, the idea that they might move to another part of the country and yeah. and so yeah, on, yeah. and um, yeah, you can imagine, and you know, there will be people in, in parts of New Zealand right now who uh, are a long way from a school, where they mm. go to a school which is you know, maybe is a very small country school where you've got you know maybe. And I, I haven't got a lot of familiarity with these environments, but you imagine a school that's got twenty to fifty children across a you know broad range of ages. Yeah. Uh, then there'll be some challenges to how how that works. So there might be some scenarios there where that school would use some of the online learning as part of it, or there yeah. might be some who are in a remote enough location that getting to school is actually really hard, uh, but they can get a good enough internet connectivity to be able to use these types of tools. So I don't know, I'm I'm quite um I'm upbeat about the potential of it. Oh, yeah. But also I think yeah, very easy to get these these things wrong. Mm. But I think we want to be, you know, pushing the technology, working out how we can how we can be uh, really taking advantage of technology well. And you know, in theory, uh, you know, with with technology, we should be able to achieve better things than we can uh, we can achieve with the oh. with the old school uh, you know methods of, of of years gone by. And yeah, they talk about sort of downsides interaction, and you know. Mm. Great. You need to have face to face. People need to build relationships, but there's also the opportunity online to be, you know, connecting with with people right around the world. So there's yeah. some there's some great benefits there. Yeah, as well. I mean, I I, don't, I think it's just a, a natural, you know, the technology augments the, the learning experience, and as long as we can leverage the learnings that they've had from other other markets, as in like in the USA, in the UK, etc., and find out what how it's not working, and and basically don't have those experiences then I think we're good to go but um, I'd certainly like to see you know how how the Ministry of Education actually goes out to parents and actually informs and parents on how this should actually be set up and what they should look for and also teachers actually understand well how do you you know test the kids how do you make sure that they're meeting the the goals uh, of these of these lessons and and um, you know how do you manage the progress of as they go through? You know, again, it's it's kind of inevitable, but uh, you know there's a there's a lot of soft things that need to happen around it as well, which which uh, which can easily fall through the gap. So keep an eye on this space, I suppose. Yes, mm-hmm. well, let's hope they they do it well and they do it in a way that has a has a pot of positive <laughs> impact on yeah. our youngsters rather than uh, uh, rather than negative. Yeah, and I guess there'll be a lot of people that are just concerned that this is purely. Uh, a cost-saving exercise, and of course, you know, gov- governments 
you know, have a lot of responsibilities, and one of them is um, is spending our money wisely. So yeah. you can imagine that 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 will fit into the motivation uh, story. But I, but I hope that's not the um, you know that's not the big driving thing. That the focus is really on on what technology can add rather yeah. than how just to uh, just to save some money. Yeah, as long as it's not managed by the same people who did the payroll, I think we'll be all right. <laughs> Oh, the uh, the Aussie crowd, yes, yes who uh, stopped paying our teachers. Well, yeah. Now, uh, last week, I think it was uh, was Friday. The sort of news news came through uh, of this iPhone uh, security vulnerability. It was a set of three vulnerabilities that were used to target a dissident in um, Ahmed Mansour in uh, United Arab Emirates and. This was was quite. Um, I guess it, it's not you know unique for there to be uh, you know zero day uh, sec- you know security flaws on on iOS or any other platform. Um, but what what was sort of you know I thought was unusual here is you had this combination of things that were used together that could have taken over his phone and uh, and spied on him just on this sort of single uh, single click. And so you know this obviously hit sort of mainstream. Uh, uh, mainstream media, and um, you know, I just chatted about it um, on TV three on on Saturday. And but the, the the thing about this was, I thought, well, a different scenario. So here you had they were targeting one particular person, mm. and you think, well, how much did it cost them to get access to these vulnerabilities? Because these things are can be can be pretty pricey. Yep. And I thought, well, what about a different approach? If they'd taken these pieces together to basically take over and control. The population of iPhone users on mass, so because there was a combination of things used together, right? You're thinking of the Batman movie. <laughs> Remember in Batman when he was looking through all the phones and stuff, when it was all pulling it together on a supercomputer, and then he could all look see at what, what was see going what was on. Going on. That's, that's exactly yeah. what you're thinking yeah. of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I've been inspired by the, by the movie, <laughs> Sean, and that's that's that wouldn't be a first time. Um, so I was thinking, you know, there's three of these vulnerabilities you've got to use together, and if this guy clicked on the, this particular text message, now he was smart enough, and obviously it had some good um, cybersecurity awareness training to know. Mm, this looks a little bit odd. I'm not going to click on it. Forward it on to somebody who then, you know, in a test in an, in an uh, isolated environment, was able to test it and see what it did. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you can imagine this going out on mass, and then you add in, say, some vulnerability that an equivalent sort of vulnerability in, and say, some content management systems, so mm-hmm. that they get to take over some some big websites, say, you know, BBC, CNN, and so on. So where people are thinking that they're just clicking onto a story on one of those sites, yeah. uh, but not only does it take them to the story, it does this stuff in the in the background. Yeah. Uh, so if you just added what you know, maybe one more vulnerability, tie that all together, and then yeah, take over people en masse. I mean the sort of impact that that could that could have if you're you know well, con- controlling people's money all the bits and pieces no, that I mean, sort of go through the phone would be uh, horrendous, wouldn't it? There's a have you heard of the term sock puppet? Yes. Yeah, so basically it's uh, they're fake IDs that are created to get out messages, whether that's, you know, political or whatever, and it's basically designed that you have millions and millions of these fake personas that go through and influence the culture and, 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 and change messaging about things. But imagine if those people that were doing that were actually taking over other people's accounts. So I get an email from Paul saying, oh, blah, 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 political point of view, eight. Hmm. And it's kind of like, okay, I'm not quite sure why I got that, but 
whatever. But of course, you it's to all intents and purposes, it appears as though it's come from you, and everything seems to be you. Yeah, it's not yeah. You're, you are being used as a sock puppet. In yeah, effect, well, there's all without sorts. your knowledge. There's all sorts of potential things, isn't there? There's yeah. that. There's you know, if they're able to control your phone, you know, they they. Uh, you know, they could wait until you go into your banking system and so on, and then tweak oh, yeah, something, yeah, make payments right. in different yep. directions. There, I mean, it could that sort of thing could be actually quite catastrophic. I oh, would, uh, yeah. you know, and that's why it's probably cost a lot of money to get access to the code that does that. But I mean, there will always be be these types of vulnerabilities and, and the things. You know, they've got a lot of clever people stopping them, but a lot of clever people looking for them. And um, the more that you look into this, the more it boils down to just those fundamentals of if I'm looking at something and it just doesn't feel right, don't do it. Mm, you mm. Know, it's, a, it's a very simple thing. Or if you get a message from somebody that's totally out of context of what you normally do and you talk with it, it's kind of like, well, okay, delete. Yeah, and there's definitely some wisdom in that. But if they'd, if they'd added this sort of thing with tying in and having hacked legitimate websites, so you're just, oh, I'm just looking at, you know, I'm, I'm – going to the homepage of, you know, BBC News or yeah, CNN or New Zealand Herald, if those were hacked at the same time, mm. then, I mean, you wouldn't be able to control that. You wouldn't know because you're just going to a normal no, site that, you, that, you, yeah, would, yeah, uh, that you, you might visit on a regular basis yeah. or if they manage to get inside Facebook or Twitter and so on. So, mm. uh, so basically the, those things are triggering. Yeah. Then you would, you would just have no, no control at all. Oh, exactly. You know, I mean, we, there's, there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you could do about that. But, I mean, you just have to kind of leave it up to the security guys to do their things and just do your thing, which is just – Make sure that you're paying attention to the to what you're clicking on, mm-hmm. you know, and think about where it came from and uh, and, and what it's about. Yeah, yep. yeah. Well, and yeah, and in this case, it wasn't you know quite so uh, uh, forced on um, on anyone. Yeah. Very mean, very it, curious. Here's a question for you: In your day to day workings of doing stuff, do you actually look at a URL and try and conf- figure out what it ex- what it actually means? What do you mean? What sort of URL? Oh, like for instance, if you uh, you get a newsletter through and it's got the links to the items that you actually go through to, do you actually hover over the links and have a look at where they, where they actually go? It depends what it is and what my confidence level is. So I'm always very, you know, um, yeah, on the more probably on the more cautious end of things because I talk to a, a lot of people around, yeah. you know, cybersecurity awareness and the you know what the best practices should be. So I'm reasonably mindful of them. Mm. But, of course, you can get lulled into a false sense of security, which something that looks like, oh, yeah, every morning I get that email from such and such, which has got a news update on it, or, oh, yeah, that's the standard uh, email that Twitter sends and, you know, yeah. highlighting some you know some people in your network. Oh, it looks interesting. Mm. Um, so, no, I wouldn't do it in every single scenario because you, you build up this confidence and Yeah, I mean, and I've, trust, I've got right? confidence with newsletters that I've asked for or subscribed to, but I don't have confidence... Um, yeah, obviously anything that I'm just I didn't ask for this kind of thing and then straight away that gets me going okay well why is that but someone can tell that you're on Twitter for instance right and they could send an email that looks just like the Twitter email mm. and it could you know come from you know a domain name that's very similar you might not yep. you know you might not realise and so on so there's yeah, there are these sort of scenarios that uh, are easy. You know, people are easily fooled. I, I was talking to someone a while back who said, "Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten my LinkedIn password." So I went in and and you know filled out the details to reset it. And so it was sending me the password reset email. I got to their inbox. There was a 
there was a password reset, so you know, type of email in there. Yeah. And they're about to click on it till they notice, hold on, that came in four hours ago. I didn't yeah. request one four hours oh. ago. So that was sitting, sit, you know, and if the timing had been a little bit different and it had just arrived, yeah. uh, you know, if the, the timing, had, the, the, the sender had been uh, luckier in terms of their uh, uh, timing, but there'll be a percentage of people that would, then that person would have clicked on it and, yeah. you know, clicked through and, um, you know, maybe tried, I don't know, if they had a sort of a standard mechanism, they might have tried a password that was actually, you know, already in there or for yeah. something else that... Uh, when tied up with their username and so on, would uh, get get them in there. Oh, I had a similar so. thing where um, I, it was a phishing attack, and at the, it was from DHL, I think it was. Oh yes, and um, I mean it was from DHL. They were pretending to be yeah, at DHL, yeah, yeah. but of course I was getting some stuff sent down from the states. So straight away I look at it and go, "Oh, okay." But then of course I looked at the URL and go, "Well, there's no DHL.com." In the, in the that, URL, that, that, that it's, looks it's a bit re- fishy. Referring to, so I'm like, "Oh well, I'll just wait," you know, but. Um, yeah, no. Again, it's it's that it's that fundamental thing of just you know not not clicking on stuff because you know uh, I don't, I don't have that uh, a false sense of security with that. I always look at where I'm kind of going. Mm, mm, yeah. mm. Um, now, last week we forgot to uh, we forgot to sort of dive in and and, and chat about Android Seven because Android Seven is here sort of. Now, I guess that's always the case with. Android and I guess you know Windows Phone has this challenge to a degree as well when we compare with uh, with iOS sort of just you know getting launched and and available on um, um, you know most recent phones very very quickly. Mm. Um, so Android Seven uh, yeah, officially launched uh, last week. So of course it's been around in um, uh, you know preview state uh, for. Uh, a while, I think, uh, back in uh, back in March, uh, Android um, N, as it was um, referred to initially, Android uh, Nougat, as it yeah. is uh, now. Um, but uh, yeah, it is uh, it is here. What are your um, what's your take on uh, Android Seven? Because you're uh, you're an Android user. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, it's really just a, like an evolution of what, what they've done before. I think from the usability perspective, they've got a couple of nice features. Like, for instance, the, they're, they're changing the notification area. So the notifications come up and you can swipe them left or right. Mm. Um, and um, depending on which way you swipe, depends on what you want. So you might get a notification saying that an email's come through. Uh, if you swipe left on that, you can actually reply to that email. You don't actually have to go into the app. Yeah, yeah, and, that's, and, uh, that's and nice. That's a nice, nice And iOS 10 has got the same. Mm. Yeah. Um, another thing is the um, you can actually go ahead and lo- load things into the the system area, so a different uh, sorry, yeah, different um, shortcuts etc. in there, and you can customize that up. So I thought that was quite nice as well. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean you could do that replying on um, Android six as well. I th- oh, yeah. I, th- I think on. Um uh, for you know, for some of those notifications, um, I think they've done some more stuff around um, how they manage your uh, your battery life and uh, you know low power modes and uh, things like that, which is um, is handy. The screen uh, splitting, so you run two apps side huh. by side, yep. which of course you can do on on you know some devices yep. or already. Um, you know, Samsung, you know, had had that for uh, some time. I think they re- released it, and I don't know which of their Note devices they, um, you know, they added that capability in. But yeah. I guess what we tend to see is some of the some of the best third party things end up being uh, being built back into uh, uh, to the OS, which is uh, is kind of good. 
Yeah, I, I saw, a, um, I actually watched a, a video on it and uh, somebody was going through just showing all the kind of shortcuts between splitting the screens and double-clicking and rolling through the apps, like fast access to them and stuff. And it got confusing really, really quickly. <laughs> I was I was kind of, yeah, it disappeared in a, um, only after a couple of minutes. So I don't know how... how um, how easy that's going to be. I think it looked like it was one of those things you could do by accident and then walk around for a couple of days trying to figure out how to turn it off. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, maybe I'm just trying to think. I'm, I'm, you, you, know, you mentioned around the replying to messages and so on um, directly, but I'm certainly doing that on some of my devices and now I'm confused as to which ones they were and whether that was an Android <laughs> feature or something from uh, you know a, a third party yeah I think if you swept piece. if you swept um, if you swept, swiped left then it was like the default action for the app mm. uh, if you swiped right it would actually go into the settings for the app so um, so you could go you know either or way um, but also they've changed it so that they've actually they've changed the formatting of the notification as well so you get more information in it yeah, that's um, good. Just a, just a little bit more efficient, I think, from a user perspective. Yep, yep. Unless you're running split screen and then you don't know, you know you're only getting on the top half of the screen and you're not quite sure what's going on. Oh, well, yeah. But it's, and, and I think Android is now moving to uh, more, more regular updates as well, so we'll see those um, smaller updates uh, coming, is it quarterly? I think we're going to see that more, more regular updates anyway yeah. coming through with, uh, with Android, which is, um, is good. And yeah, hopefully we'll see uh, you know more devices that are able to uh, to keep up with the play and uh, and get those those things, and uh, we won't have to wait around too long for uh, for these updates. Mm. So, um, of course, if you've got a Nexus device, then uh, that gives you your best chance of getting a nice uh, quick update. Mm. What else have we got going on that we wanted to uh, chat about? Um, WhatsApp is going to start sharing uh, sharing data with uh, Facebook. I guess that's uh, people's uh, people's phone numbers is a bit of uh, you know. I guess they're uh, they're part of Facebook now, and um, yeah. they've decided, oh, well, this could this could be helpful. Yeah, I, I, it could be helpful or to, really to, unhelpful. To them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a it's a funny one. I um I remember um, I had an experience with uh, phone numbers. So um, I went and saw my – I called up my physio, booked an appointment, and, you know, obviously I did the physio thing and then got home and then I jumped on Facebook and then it said, do you know this this person? Or, the, you know, and you could click on connect and it was my physio. And it was like, I've had no other interaction apart from using my phone to to talk. And I, and I felt that a little bit weird about that. It was like, okay, so within hours of getting my phone number and their phone number, it's created a – a connection between the two of us, uh, and um, and yeah, I, I kind of default back to the good old fashioned way of like if I'm going to contact somebody or add them to my um, social networking tool, whichever one I want to use, I'm going to actually ask them physically. I'm not going to do an invite or anything like that. I will just be like, oh, okay, you know, um, I'll contact you through via Facebook. Is that okay? Yes. All right. We're good. Yeah, I don't know. I think there, I'm there, old-fashioned when it comes to that. There, stuff. There's that level of of machine learning and artificial intelligence, and the, you know the technology being able to some, do some things for you. And um, some of that is good, some of that is bad. I think it comes down to giving giving individuals a choice, right? Hmm. And um, and being aware and knowing what you can and can't change, and how what you know what the hoops are you need to jump through hmm. to uh, to change those things, and letting people know. 
rather than just sort of you know uh, slyly t- you know doing these uh, doing these things and um, surprising mm. people because I mean, that that doesn't yeah. engender trust, does it? You know, when a when a company uh, does what comes across as sort of sneaky stuff uh, quietly in the background, it doesn't you know make you feel like oh yeah, I really love these guys for being sneaky. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's right. Oh, yeah, it, it's it's a, it, it's one of those. Nasty little things that goes on. For instance, you know, what would you do if all of a sudden that you found that um, a certain investor called V V Vladimir Putin actually has a, a you know a thirty nine percent stake in Facebook? Not that he does, by the way. But yeah, yeah, imagine yeah. finding that out, and you'd be going, okay, well, what kind of information have I been cheering up on there? Yeah, yeah. You know, those those are the kind of things. But the interesting thing is, I remember last year when Facebook licensed a technology or bought a company that was doing stuff about credit scores. Yes. You know, your your credit scores. And then um and then what it would do is that the way that human beings work is that we tend to stay within the the same socioeconomic group as what we actually are. So people with the same credit scores usually kinda of hang out together. And it's an interesting thing because banks would go, okay, well, they're a good credit risk. Their friends are now a good credit risk, and they would use it to actually say, well, are you a friend in your group of friends that you belong to? What's their average credit score? Interesting, yeah. And of course, the flip side, right? Yeah. Oh, we're not we're not going to no. we're not going to loan to yeah. Sean because he hangs out with Paul and uh, Paul's done X Y Z with his yeah they're credit horrendously rating. in debt yeah yeah and the X murdering thing that's another thing but but you know oh, don't, don't oh, tell anyone about oh, that okay. Sean. yeah yeah that's right yeah. I was going to keep quiet about the gun thing but um but no it's true you, you think about all the little bits of information that it, you 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 drop off to these services yeah, uh, yeah all these things that are all kind of plugging in together and it builds quite an interesting you know uh view of your life you know it's it's uh it's if you think of the big brother kind of scenarios that's how it how it kind of works through yeah so i mean some of it can be helpful but hmm. what you don't know is when sharing this information could be detrimental hmm. and at what point it's going to you know could bite you at some point yeah, and there may be you know some point where we start hearing some, you know, some horrible stories. Yeah. Uh, could be some point where a lot of people get impacted in a in a in a negative way. Uh, uh, yeah, well, you think about it. All of a sudden, there's a, a vulnerability that's been exploited in, in WhatsApp, and the, um, your you know potentially Facebook details start leaking out have, have been actually pulled from that of somewhere along the line. You know, those are the kind of things with all these interconnected services, they all are all big one big part of the puzzle. And if there's a breach at one part of that, you know, there could be a flow and effect. So mm. you do need to think about you know, how um, how all these things work together and uh, what kind of information do they exchange. Mm. Oh now lots of little bits and pieces to get through. And a quick mention, new iPhone. September seventh, the invites have um, have gone out. Or so September eighth in New Zealand, so uh, we'll get to see the reality on these varying leaks. Um, just today, we've seen uh, seen media highlighting what the next what they think the next iPhone will be. Uh, not this one, the the next one, another year away with yeah, maybe but the one after that is going to be amazing. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The twenty twenty version. Oh, is yeah, be that'll stellar. be the best. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure. Yeah, but I would sort of be holding out for the uh, 2025 model. Yeah, because um, okay. yeah, yeah. that's probably be a spaceship and so on as well. Yeah, in, yeah. In well, the pocket. one that's coming out in the third quarter of 2025, that's going to be spectacular. It's just going to be a total game changer on that. Yeah, 
you probably can't use it as a phone anymore. Yeah, I, I think we'll be past calling and doing that sort of stuff, Sean, by then. We will uh, We will all have been sucked inside the Matrix. <laughs> what else we got? Uh, Canon have announced their uh, EOS 5D uh, Mark IV, the, the, the 5D. Very, very popular uh, high-end camera. The Mark IV jumps to a 30-megapixel uh, camera. 4K video, lots and lots of sort of stuff built in in terms of uh, GPS and Wi-Fi and NFC and a huge uh, ISO range. I think that launches at three and a half thousand US dollars. So this is, um, you know, towards the the top end, very much a um, you know a, a professional uh, level uh, camera, full frame uh, sensor, and so on. Um, but that looks uh, that looks pretty cool. Mm. We won't dive too far into that because we've got a few other bits and pieces to get through. Uh, local news, so uh, Chorus, who are obviously responsible for um, for most of our, or our, all of our landlines, uh, traditional sort of copper uh, phone lines in New Zealand and a, and a significant part of the, uh, the ultra-fast uh, uh, broadband rollout in New Zealand. Their uh, CEO has uh, uh, announced he's stepping down. Um, and also, we've uh, we've just heard that um, chorus contractor um, Downer are not going to um, not going to bid for uh, for further work from uh, from chorus, which is um, interesting. Although you know, I guess it's uh, it's hard to know all the all the factors behind a mm. uh, a decision like that. And uh, you know, in reality. Um, I don't think it's going to stop the uh, the the UFB rollout from happening. Um, you know, those that are contracting to uh, to Downer, no doubt, are still going to have work with a with another contractor. Yeah, uh, well, maybe it will exchange. put up the cost to um, uh, to Chorus if, if maybe it's not you know so competitive there. Mm. But uh, I I imagine things will go on hopefully without too much of a, too much of a delay because we're we're now in that sort of position. It's quite different from the early. Uh, uh, stages of the ultra fast broadband, where you know, as they were they were laying the fibre down in the streets and so on, there was a pretty small percentage of people that were uh, that were interested in getting ultra fast broadband. But uh, now I think we're sort of uh, north of you know a quarter of people where ultra fast broadband goes you know past their uh, their homes, they uh, they're signing up for it, oh, and yeah. so uh, what that means is. They need a lot of people to uh, to actually get this stuff uh, hooked up to to people's homes. So it's mm. not just the uh, getting it down the street. Now it's getting all these uh, all all the homes connected, and uh, it's much much harder when you've got um, you know many times the uptake of what we had in the uh, you know the earlier years. Yeah. So um, yeah, let's hope that doesn't cause uh, doesn't cause any cause uh, yeah too too much uh, disruption. The other one that I found interesting in terms of um, a, a local item, and we had um, Jeremy O'Hanlon from uh, Homes.co.nz on an episode a, a little while ago talking about uh, what they were doing with their uh, their website, and they've been sharing uh, information through onto uh, onto Trade Me around. Uh, you know home values and so on in the past you had to you know pay money to get these sort of estimates on on values of uh, uh, homes and they've sort of started making it available for free through their website well it sounds like uh, trade me quite like what they're doing and um, are looking to emulate it in some way and build that in uh, to trade me I'm guessing maybe they didn't 
quite get the um, the right sort of arrangement with homes.co.nz or maybe homes.co.nz had some, I don't know, some some interesting um, agreements that limited how much they could use that data with third parties like TradeMe. Uh, so it hit the news uh, over the weekend that um, – uh, Trade Me won't be getting uh, property data for Stratford, even though it has for most other uh, you know places around the country. And so this went to uh, went to a, the the uh, Stratford District Council's uh, meeting, and uh, they basically voted against giving Trade Me the data. I'm I'm presuming, and I haven't uh, gone in and uh, done this on Homes.co.nz, but I imagine. Uh, and from reading the commentary online, that uh, homes.co.net probably has been blocked from uh, having this data as well. And what the what the uh, you know council are saying is, look, this is this is private uh, this is private information. Now they're they're at odds with just about every other council <laughs> yeah. around the country. And I think you can go and pay QV and still get all those prices. If you really wanted to know what your neighbour yeah. you know paid for the house or anything like that, you can. But the, um, the, the information they don't actually have your name on, on it. They just say the property and what price it was. There's there's no personally identifiable information apart from the address. Yes, although that is held in record, so you know a, a real estate person or someone that's subscribed to some of the other you know paid for services can go can in and find it, yeah. who the owner of a property is and what they paid for it and mm-hmm. so on. Um, so it sounds like there's some some uh, some an interesting expansion of services coming from Trade Me, mm-hmm. and yeah, Trade Me are obviously sort of you know trying to stir things up a bit, and um, but haven't haven't had much luck in this case, but. Uh, yeah, around the rest of you know most other parts of the country, uh, you know, it's getting really uh, transparent from yes, the point yes. of view of being able to see, uh, you know, what what prices are, are paid for for property, and it, it's one of the, it's sort of happened quite quickly where you know you've gone from not knowing too much to suddenly just massive amount um, of free data, and you've got uh, Figure NZ uh, as well who have the huge amounts of data available for. You know, businesses and individuals and so on to be able to draw on the government and and the education sector and so on. So uh, we're getting into a very data rich world. Uh, but you know, I guess it is it is fair to sort of stop sometimes and have a look and ask those questions around privacy and around mm. you know uh, appropriateness and and where should those lines be drawn? Now, hey, it's not my area of expertise, but yeah, I do think the questions need to be asked, and oh, it, yeah, and well, it is worth uh, you know worth worth uh, stepping back and, and considering a, a a little bit. Now, yeah, I think a lot of people that are either a homeowner or, or are considering it uh, get a huge amount of benefit out of being able to look and actually see estimated values of of homes and land and and previous sale prices without having to shell out lots of uh, lots of money to get that information. So I would say on the whole, it's um, it's pretty reasonable. Um, it's if, pre- and it's pretty much the norm at the moment. So the Stratford it, themselves it, are going against the grain. They are. Them, yeah. uh, we think this is personal information. It's kind of, well, okay. But, the, you know, the, there's, other ca- there's other councils out there that have come uh, to other conclusions. So, uh, um, you know, when, when, when somebody says, oh, we think it's personal, it's kind of, well, that's cool. But you know, how about talking to the other councils and figuring out why, why they let that go? Mm. You know, um, you can see both sides of the the coin. You can you can actually see that. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's an interesting one. I mean, the the the, the residents of Stratford actually think that that's good. Hmm. Uh, they, they're the ones who ultimately are the ones who are, are responsible for for things. So 
Yeah. If, but, if it really is going to create a problem, then I'm pretty sure that all the councils will be getting letters through the thing or there'll be a lot of talkback radio. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 you know, I don't think this is something that's a whole lot of people are going to get riled up about, you know, too much one way or the other. But, you know, I imagine I was, if, I was if, actually if looking to move to Stratford, but no, it's just not going to happen now. Yeah, yeah, no, fair, fair enough. And that's what they want. They want their property values to stay low and they don't want, you know, anyone there to uh, oh, have their home going there, up yeah. in value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, we could move down there with the axes and the guns and everything. We could devalue everything. It'd be quite good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, if anyone's got any any thoughts on this that we haven't considered or any of the other topics, you know, feel free to uh, send a tweet to NZ, at NZ Tech Podcast on uh, on Twitter, or you send me a message on uh, on Facebook as well. It's always always good to uh, good to hear some uh, some other opinions in addition to uh, um, those of us um, talking down the microphone. <laughs> so uh, always always feel free. Great to uh, great to hear hear comments. Now, what else did we uh, did we have? So there was that one. We've got some new Fitbit devices that were announced um, over overnight. Well, one a.m. Uh, Tuesday morning, New Zealand time. So uh, there is the what have we got here? This is the uh, Fitbit Charge uh, Two that they were nice enough to uh, drop off uh, today, um, and this is is just the next generation of um, what Fitbit is saying is their most popular product, um, and um, it's. It's quite good. It's quite good in terms of um, you know a bit of a step up. It's got the uh, the heart rate sensor on it that they've had on their uh, their, their charge uh, HR product. Um, it's not waterproof yet, so this one isn't the one to go uh, to go uh, swimming with. But they've got the Flex Two uh, now, which is a, a much simpler uh, Fitbit. Uh, which has just got some little LEDs on yeah, it rather right. than a display, uh, but that one you can go swimming with and uh, and so on. Um, so I'll take this for a, a little bit of a um, a little bit of a trial over the next little while, and um, we'll report uh, report back on uh, how useful it is. But the, the the thing that the Fitbits have always had going for them is a decent battery life and a wearable, and mm. they're you know, typically in that uh, in the direction of five days. Um, which when lots of our uh, wearable technologies these days need charging virtually every day or every day, mm-hmm. um, then that's definitely uh, definitely a, a good uh, thing. Although then you get used to not having to charge it. It's like, oh, now it's run out. I was, oh, yeah, I forgot I, to I charge suppose, it. So I there's something to be said for charging every day. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> the thing. I mean, it, it tracks your sleeping time as well. So unless you want to padlock your, you know, your arm to the, you know, to the to the USB charger or something, so it doesn't move. You're gonna you're gonna have to. It has to have a long battery life, to, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I like that now that they will, you know, autom- automatically track your sleeping. Uh, they'll automatically sort of you know uh, track certain fitness activities without having to go and sort of trigger it. It's just like, oh, hold on. Um, yeah, Paul seems to be moving in a sort of particular fashion that lines up with. Yes, that would be walking or running or yeah, sleeping. Sleeping, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's all good. Um, one hundred and seventy nine for the uh, Flex Two, which I don't think is available just yet, uh, and the Charge Two, which will be available uh, fairly quickly. Uh, it's two hundred. Sorry, I've got that price. Two two about two seventy for the Charge Two, and about one seventy for the uh, the Flex Two. Um, so, uh, the typical sort of prices for what we've seen from Fitbit in the past. 
um, a lot more than probably what the technology going into them's um, worth. Sean, you you were mentioning uh, before around uh, some of the sort of fitness wearables you can uh, you can buy online, uh, you know, shipped direct from uh, from China. From, from China, yeah, ten bucks each or something. So I've got some friends trying that one out. So yep. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know how it gets on. So there's a few alternatives, aren't yeah, there? Yeah. I, I guess um, you know, Fitbit are, are working on um, you know having a bit of a, a, a software ecosystem and the sort of online community where you can compare your results to. <laughs> uh, to other people and, and bits and pieces like that. I'm just thinking, are they going to sell sell that to? Uh, are they going to work with uh, Facebook? They're going to tie it all <laughs> together, all Sean, together. and have all your data. Uh, Do you think uh, Facebook are going to buy Fitbit next? Yeah, yeah, that will be the next one. Eh? Omni- oh, yeah, and then they're going to change their name to OmniCorp <laughs> or Cyberdyne. <laughs> Cyberdyne Systems, mate. All right, so yeah, we've got that. Um, Fit, uh, it's not Fitbit. Um, Opera have uh, have admitted to having their uh, security breached. Boy, this is just seems to be about every other day, doesn't it? That yeah. somebody's uh, somebody's getting hacked in uh, in some uh, in some way. They're suggesting people's um, passwords were stored in such a manner that they uh, that they should be pretty safe, which yeah. is good. Um, but they are basically to be on the safe side. Um, going through a password reset process. Is that right? Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. To, um... And it's, um, it's basically for all those uh, Opera users who have used the sync function. So it's not every single Opera user. I think their True. installed base was 350 or 360 million, but only 1.7 million people actually use that um, sync service, which actually is quite a useful service. But, um, but any one of these running those, uh, they'll, they'll be, uh, if they try to use it, they'll be asked to reset the password. Which oh yeah, is a good thing. yeah. Now, ah, oh, something that I did, um, I did mean to mention. Now, uh, some weeks back, we talked to Semantic about this Norton VPN product that they had for um, iOS oh, yeah. and for Android. When I drilled into it, I happened to notice some um, some details that gave away that uh, Norton wasn't providing the service entirely on their own. And it turned out that they were using uh, the VPN uh, capability, which Opera had um, that Opera had recently um, acquired. Okay. Uh, which, I, you know, at the time I thought oh, this is very, very interesting. But um, you know, I, I guess it's an appropriate approach for um, um, Symantec or, or Norton to to take. Somebody else has already got these uh, bits and pieces, and. Mm. Uh, you know, they maybe wrap some bits and pieces around it and um, and and offer the service. Um, so that that was that was all okay. And in fact, I was talking to somebody the other day who was heading to China and was w- w- worried about uh, security. Uh, my brother and I said, well, you you know, you could uh, you could fire up one of these VPN uh, services. And so he uh, he he tried it out and. Um, he said, "No, oh, it, it didn't work, Paul. Uh, once I got to China, I tried to fire it up. I, I, I just couldn't get it to uh, connect. Anyway, that aside, um, so Norton were using what is called the Surf Easy VPN. Um, you can now go and get the Surf Easy VPN for free for your yeah. device. So yeah. you don't need to uh, you don't need to pay Norton or Semantic, supposedly. Yeah. Um, and I haven't given this a try. You do have to sign up for an account." Uh, so you've got a little bit of a hoop to uh, to jump through. Um, I think you might be able to skip signing up for the account, but it will limit you to uh, 250 megs of um, data. So you want to go through that mm-hmm. sign-up process, and then basically you've got a, a free VPN to use on your device if you want to uh, you know, protect people being able to um, 
you know, listen in on your your comms over uh, over Wi Fi. Okay. Um, so I that was that was uh, that's worth a mention. Um, if anyone is a regular user of these and uh, tries them out and has some um, you know uh, impressions or uh, or feedback on uh, on the experience, be uh, be interested to uh, to hear that. Righty ho, Tesla in the news again. Uh, up to their. Uh, up to their, their their game, so as I guess not to get left behind, because I think it was uh, just in the in the last uh, week or two where uh, Porsche were highlighting what they were doing with their new uh, uh, new, new electric uh, vehicle and how it was faster than Tesla and mm-hmm. uh, and so on. So they were sort of showing showing off a little bit as to uh, as to how awesome they were. Um, well, it didn't take uh, Tesla too long to uh, come back, and they have what uh, we now understand, according to um, um, The Verge and others, is the third fastest car in the world, going from 0 to 60 miles an hour in 2.5 seconds. And that's very, very quick. Yes, that is that is um, ludicrously quick. <laughs> yeah, so a, uh, a different battery option... And they're talking about a range of, I think it's uh, 315 uh, miles, which is, um, I mean, that's right up there in terms of pet- petrol vehicle yeah, but, sort of, uh, yeah, you know, range and so on. Yeah, it's, but that's uh, not, it's not bad. But that's not in ludicrous mode. No, yeah, well, be, true. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get very far if you're driving in ludicrous mode. It would be, be interesting to see. You'd be lucky if you got out of your suburb, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. I mean, that's yeah, just going to go mental through the gonna, uh, juice, isn't it? it? The interesting thing I thought about that was... Um, they was looking. They were talking about the battery design, and they had to change the cooling for it as well because that, that's a big part of of battery design. Just us Boeing and their their um seven seven sevens, the seven eight seven. I think it might have been the seven eight seven. Yeah, where they where they, where they where they had a little uh, a little issue with some heating and, yeah, and yeah. flames. Yeah, it's a big part of uh, <laughs> of doing it. So it's nice that they've upgraded the battery, but it's also good that they've updated the the, the cooling around it as well. Yeah. I just thought the timing of it was quite quite curious. No doubt they've been working away on it for some uh, for some time, as they, you know they're always working on new things. But you know it wasn't it wasn't you know it was only within it seems like days of um, and maybe it's a bit longer, but mm. um, you know with a reasonably short space of time when I was reading reading some of Porsche's commentary around you know how yeah. much better they were than Tesla. Well, um, but also their cars generally are quite a bit smaller than the Tesla. They're not as you know there's not mm. a sedan unless it's the you know that uh, uh, what's that big one? They've got the Panamera or something. It, it's not comparing apples to apples at all. But no. I mean, most of the. Uh, I mean, the, the I, I mean, I would be happy with with a review unit of either one for oh, a long term review unit ride, yeah. would be absolutely yeah. fine. Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting because um, all the Le Mans cars now they're all running hybrid engines. They've got they run diesel power for when they're going super fast, top end speed, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, then they charge the batteries when they're braking at the end of the straight, and then they're using all the electric engines to actually drive them around the, the corner and out of the corner because it's instant torque right now, and that's what gives them really fast. So using a combination of you know getting the power into the batteries when they're stopping, using a, a diesel engine at full flight, you know at, at full speed, and using both the electric uh, sorry the electric engines out of the corners, they're actually you know. Are way way faster than than what you would traditionally were the the petrol powered cars. You know, it's amazing how all this kind of technology folds into each other, and they all you know are, are adding 
um, their powers to each part of the, the the driving experience. It's pretty pretty fascinating stuff. Yeah, and and that, you can plug that, your USB into it as well. <laughs> Very handy. Yeah, it charges your phone. Yeah, I mean, we're in. A, I think we're in a pretty exciting time because there is there is all this innovation, you know, going on. And yeah, you know, we look back a few years at uh, at cars, and you know, we were getting new designs and bits and pieces, but we weren't kind of seeing, uh, you know, a huge um, huge push in the underlying technologies. Well, not from my perspective as a as a you know average uh, consumer. Hmm. Um, but you know now there's there's just constant uh, news and updates on on what's happening from a technological perspective in terms of uh, you know cars and and, and transport uh, generally, yeah, which is kind of cool. I think it's quite nice how they have done that blending. You know, they they uh, you know getting the best out of each one of those technologies um, at the right time um, is you know is is fantastic. You know, so you get incredible performance out of sedan. Um, but of course, you can you know fall back on mileage if you've got you know a hybrid engine in that. So yeah, you know, it's a, it's a great thing. Um, now there was a a particular headline um, from the Register. This is a UK based site, and I don't I don't um, see too many of their stories these days. Um, but this headline jumped out to me: SpaceX Dragon capsule lands in the Pacific carrying twelve astronauts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, so um, I just I thought thought it was a uh, a cool title, and at first I thought, oh, maybe um, maybe you know, just such a such a comical uh, term, but um, hey, it's true. They were um, they were uh, you know testing out the capsule that is supposed to uh, I think next year uh, be uh, be taking uh, Americans up to the International Space Station. Um, so, um, so they put some, uh, it's, a bit, it's a bit of a leap, isn't they, it? Going, they put some, going from mice to humans. Um, there's a little bit of a size difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the oh, other yeah, challenge? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not too sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I guess there is a bit of a... They'll need some bigger seats, won't they? Well, I mean, they're definitely going to need a bigger wheel for the astronauts to run around in. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that goes without saying. I don't know. How, how would a mouse wheel go, actually, in, in space without... Um, you know, how important is... Um, gravity you know, to a mouse. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's gravity to, um, to that. I'm sure they've already it's, done that experiment. I'm sure that would they actually must be. Have done. I'm curious now yeah. the science behind this, Sean. Yeah. yeah so we're um, you know we're, we're we're heading on to where um, you know Americans will not need to uh, pay the uh, the Russians to um, to take them up to the um, the space station. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm, I'm just actually looking at the story now, and um, <laughs> what they're going to do with the with the mice is that they're going to dissect them and actually have a look at um, how space has affected them. Uh, in relation to, oh, I know there's a thing about the human heart there, but um, are they going to harvest the mice organs for study and also collect the sperm, which we used to artificially inseminate mice on Earth to see if there are any hereditary side effects of living in space? And then it goes on to say... No wonder they're not doing that with astronauts, because there would be kind of, I think, a few ethics issues involved with that. Yeah, yeah. And then the Register have dropped in their commentary saying um, they can't help but thinking that NASA's overthinking this. Mice shag like rabbits, so why not let them have some fun before euthanizing them uh, rather than doing the artificial insemination? Um, anyway, so... There, there, there we are. Yeah, so we, uh, there's our uh, there's our uh, space um, uh, technology story for uh, for this week. 
I think that's um, that's us. Is there anything else you wanted to add in that we should have talked about, Sean? No, I think in finishing on artificial <laughs> insemination is actually quite, it's quite a graceful way to do it, really, I suppose. Yes, so, um, yep, roll, roll on uh, SpaceX and um, the flights to uh, the space station with, uh, with people aboard. Now, I mean, I think... There's obviously these hoops that they've got to uh, they've got to you know jump jump through, and hey they're getting better and better at these uh, these flights. But mm. um, I'm I'm not sure if I was sort of lined up today and said would you jump in uh, in one of these where I, where oh. I'd be ready to um, you know do it. Um, they they are getting better, but um, it's not too long ago um, that they had um, one of these things. Uh, Explodes. Well, the so. soy is the soy is um, the radio controlled um, thing uh, basically blew up, and it, it's very easy for us to forget that it's very very hard to to come into the Earth's atmosphere at seventeen thousand kilometres uh, an hour. Uh, it's, we can get blasé about it because it kind of happens now, and it's not news, but it's still amazing, absolutely amazing physics and amazing maths and amazing you know engineering. The whole thing is just incredible, and it, I don't think it'll ever be easy. Did you re- did you read the story around um, a, a planet being um, found that um, could be uh, you know they were saying oh this is this could be um, you know quite uh, quite like uh, quite Earth like uh, in terms of you know size and other things and I you know I think yeah, they were trying uh, to to allude to a sort of suggestion that we could all go there yeah, and then it was they prob- said it was four was it four light years four away light years, it was an hour, uh, that, that's going to take you that's going to take you a while at the sort of speed that uh, we can travel at the moment no no they were talking about the the name of the planet's called Proxima B I remember that because I thought that was quite good uh, but they were talking about using um, a new type of uh, way of powering it so it's a theory. But basically, very very small um, uh, robots or devices, and actually powered uh, photonic lasers. So they actually fire a laser at it, and the, believe it or not, the laser light pushes it along, and it gets up to about ten percent the speed of light. Really? And getting so to, you'd be there in like 40, 40 years or so. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's not. It's within your lifetime. Um, obviously, the interesting thing is, is you go well. Okay, so that's going at ten percent of the speed of light. When they fire back any kind of signal, they need to be able to, A, have the power to get that signal all the way back. And that's the issue that they have. It's very, it's theoretically can be done, uh, but they're just working on, okay, well, we need to create these lasers that are that powerful to, to move it. But also, how do we aim that? So how do we actually hit the bit that we need to do? And not- yeah, you wouldn't want to get that wrong. Yeah, they're saying it's uh, yeah 4.22 light years or um, 40 trillion kilometres from Earth. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, so. It's within the, the that'll be quite a long time um, with your Fitbit on your wrist <laughs> and uh, running funny. or cycling or yeah, something. I think your battery would would go to would go flat on that. Oh, but no, the, the interesting thing about the, about this planet is that it's in the Goldilocks zone, and it's big enough to have a rocky surface, which is actually really important, um, obviously because you need to stand on something. But, um, but also, it's uh, they they're going to start looking at the atmosphere of it. Um, so they've actually got a few telescopes pointing up there, and they'll just be looking at what the composition is. Bit of an issue with the orbit, though, right? I heard uh, one one side of it's going to be in you know continual uh, nighttime, the other side continual uh, daylight. Did uh, I yeah, get that um, right? yeah. They 
the, that wouldn't necessarily be a problem because you still have like the the temperate zones between the two areas. So that's not not necessarily an issue. So. Um, I just wouldn't want to live in the dark side. Yeah, but I guess there would be some people that would be into it. Yeah, you know, yeah. it, you know, it's like oh, I'm a little bit sort of dark, sort of you yeah, know, exactly. Leaning. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. You could just go a couple of blocks and you'd be in the light side. Or you could have a house that sort of you right know goes of. across the two. So yeah. it's sort of like you want to have a barbecue, and it's like you walk out you know one side and you do your day stuff, and then it's like I'm getting tired, and you sort of walk across the line to the other side and um, becomes much easier to doze off than having this sort of, you know, you need some really sort of good blackout curtains otherwise. Yeah, it's, about three si- it's about three times the size of Earth. You do know that. Three times. Yeah. So at the moment, can you go out the back of your house and then out the side and out the other side and it's light? Because that's a big house. Are you suggesting <laughs> this would be a bit of a blurry edge, you think, between yeah. the day and the light? <laughs> yeah, oh, so, yeah. okay, okay. You no, don't think I'm being realistic, Sean? <laughs> no, no, not really. But the, oh. um, the, the the yeah, so they're going to look. And my at, science credentials just not yeah, not, yeah, not good you, enough. Are they starting to fall apart now? Yeah, you've got you've got. Well, I hope there's nobody there. listening. Then yeah. I would hate anybody to realise see just see through that. Well, the the cool thing about this is that they're going to look at it and they're going to look for methane. Apparently, that's the thing that if there's any kind of organic life on there, they they generally create methane of some sort. And if they see that, then they'll be like, oh, okay, this is really worth looking at. I mean, the cool thing is, is that they can. You know they can figure this out, and they can actually um, look at that sort of you know information in terms of where there's methane from yeah. from a distance. It's and that, all that of, is is an indicator. It's kind of like, oh, okay, that's that's promising. That's all that we, they'll be able to figure out for now. But of course, give it ten years time and fifteen years time, you know they'll be able to. There'll be other things that they can do to actually um, look at it and actually get more and more information, and then. You know, in 20, 30 years' time, you never know. They might pop, be. Pop some mice in a little uh, capsule and, uh, you know, away, yeah. they, go. And away yeah. they go. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, maybe we'll have some translation uh, technology by then so the uh, mice can uh, can re- report back on their findings. Yeah. Excellent. Well, yes, I think that is us for this week. So, hey, thanks, everybody, for listening in. Do feel free to uh, to get in touch and to uh, to drop a line. Uh, you can reach me, put Paul at Spain.nz or you can hit me up on uh, Facebook.com slash Paul Spain or uh, at Paul Spain on Twitter. Sean, how do people reach you if they wanted to uh, hit you up? I suppose I'm on Twitter. It's loaded yeah. question is my Loaded question on Twitter. Yeah. You're on LinkedIn uh, occasionally? Yeah, I'm on there every once yeah. in a while, you know, yeah. but, uh, but I, don't, I don't do a lot of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Well, um, thank you for joining us again. It's always good to, to chat through these things and, and, and get, a, to get some, some other perspectives. <laughs> Much appreciated. Thank you. All right. See ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.